As always, Doug Branson brings new mock drafts. We'll discuss some of the picks in those. Plus, Cody Martin speaks with Rod Boone of the Charlotte Observer. We discuss all of that today on Locked On Hornets. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. <laughs> Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Basketball GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NBA GM and managing your basketball franchise, this game is definitely for you. Download the game. All you have to do is just visit ultimatebasketballgm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo Locked On, all caps in the game. So we appreciate Ultimate Basketball GM for sponsoring today's episode. That feels like your ad more so than any where you can just be the GM of your own franchise. And then you can go through all these mock drafts, make an educated guess on who you're going to take for the Charlotte Hornets or fava beans with a nice Keontae, whatever you're going to make name your team in that game. Well, I don't know if it would be ed- educated. Uh, it would definitely, there would be some guessing. I go from the gut, baby, not, from, not from the brain. Well, I, re- I, I take other people's research. <laughs> that's correct. Yes, that's what mock drafts are. And that's exactly what we're going to do. You can check out Doug Branson's work on his Substack, stack, every Hornets You can catch me on the radio, WFNZ sports radio, 92, seven FM. Let's get to the mock drafts, baby. That's why you're here. It's why Doug is here. Essentially the last nine games of the regular season. Now going all the way up to the NBA draft. I heard you going over him a little bit. You did not tell me who the prospects were, but you were surprised. This There is a surprise that we're going to discuss in one of these things. So let's start off with the first one you got for us. Well, everyone is updating their mock drafts now that the tournament has kicked off, is in full force, Sweet 16 coming up. So everybody's scrambling to update their projections based on what's going on in the tournament. I don't know how smart that is necessarily. I think we probably overweight tournament performance when we when it comes to these things. At, at least at the top of the draft, things have stayed relatively the, sta- the same. It really is the bottom of the draft uh, that, that it's getting interesting. And the Hornets, of course, going to uh, or projected to draft at the top and the bottom because they have that pick from the Nuggets coming back. So I'll start with Tankathon, one of our favorite websites here. And I thought, let's go ahead and just, uh, I just want to go ahead and send this lottery real quick to see if we get lucky. Beep, boop, 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 boop. Nope, the Hornets stay at four in my latest sim there. <laughs> that so was, we'll that was the a mo- blur. That was a blur. We didn't even get, if you would have had the number one overall pick, I, I wouldn't have known how to celebrate. Anyways, that was just, that was a blur. Okay, thank you. We got number Hey, four we're keeping overall. it quick here. We got a lot of mock okay. drafts to get to. Uh, we're going to just keep it rolling along. Here we go on a Wednesday. So Tankathon <laughs> at number Number four overall, the Hornets select shooting guard, point guard prospect out of overtime elite, Amin Thompson. Yeah, 6'7", 202, 20 years old, average 20 points per 36 in overtime elite. Amin Thompson going four, and then at 28, uh, they've got, I'm sorry, at 27, they've got this at 27. The Hornets are taking Derek Whitehead, the small forward out of Duke, 6'6", 190 pounds, the freshman at 18.6 years old. What do you think about that? Okay, well, Derek Whitehead is interesting just starting there first because he came on as the season went on. That was a freshman that was highly touted, but was not there for the Duke Blue Devils really at the beginning. He battled some injuries as well. 
but had one monster game. I believe it was against Miami. It was a huge one in the ACC tournament where the Blue Devils would eventually win the ACC tournament, and he was a big part of that in that Miami game. And so you you put him more so on the wing, 6-6, and that's exactly what Amen Thompson is, 6-7, put him on the wing, and he's that prototype, right? Like that's that's kind of what I've been looking for in the draft for quite some time, and it's the one archetype that's eluded the Charlotte Hornets for a while, you go to Miles Bridges, that's probably the last player you can put into this potential archetype. But even then, we were discussing him as a power forward. P.J. Washington, more so a power forward. LaMelo Ball, a point guard. Then you get to James Booknight in the backcourt. Kai Jones, more front court, And now here we are with Mark Williams as a center. I mean, Doug, they have not gotten a guy out there on the wing. And I think that archetype player is the type of guy you think of as the elite players in the game. Those are the ones that are the most coveted. And so at least you give yourself a shot with somebody like an Amen who is a 6'7", and, you know, we'll see what kind like backcourt, maybe frontcourt type player as far as the 2-3 goes. What do you think about Amen? I think Amen is extremely athletic. I mean, I think that's all that's all the upside because, um, you know, he hasn't really shown an ability, and neither has his twin brother, Asar, an ability to shoot very consistently. So you're really betting on how high he can jump, how fast he can run, and, you know, how, how slick he is getting to the rim. And that's what Amen can do. Um, he can power his way to the rim and, and, and yam it down. He's going to be a great player in transition. I think that's why he would project so well you know, next to uh, LaMelo Ball, because I think those two would, would really work off of each other uh, particularly well. Uh, and, but he can be on ball a lot, and, and I think that's going to be important on whatever prospect they bring in uh, to, again, long-term go alongside LaMelo Ball. I think you want somebody that can take some of those backup point guard duties. I mean, I think it's one of the biggest needs that they have in this draft and in this offseason overall is to find more playmaking and, and you know, while, while I think I think Osar projects as the the better playmaker of the two, um, Amin uh, I think can certainly help other people be better as well. Uh, so yeah, I mean Amin would be good. Derek Whitehead is interesting. You know, I wonder how much of that is is the Duke connection that that there's sort of these ACC prospects, especially in these early mock drafts, tend to gravitate towards the Charlotte Hornets franchise. And so I wonder how much that is versus where he's actually projected to go. Uh, and, you know, the big minus from him on this uh, ringer draft, uh, mock draft that I'm about to get to, uh, Kevin O'Connor writes, struggles when shooting from a standstill. He has stiff mechanics. It looks like he's launching a medicine ball. <laughs> it's like the Draymond Green, right, with the backpack on. It seems like there's a lot of effort <laughs> to get the basketball up towards the goal. So that's a little concerning. Yeah, and the shooting – that, that might be a problem for either one of these guys, but at least you have, to me, to have somebody that can kind of play on the wing. And I know I'm in, look, I haven't seen a lot of overtime elite. I just want to make that out there, uh, put that out there outside of what you see from Scoot Henderson when you type in highlights and just film of potentially the number two overall pick. But with Amen, it th- that is someone that also at least provides the length and the height for you if you put him in the backcourt and then maybe experiment with him going all the way to three. He's small. He's only 200 pounds. And I know, it, as Kevin O'Connor writes, right, like bean pole Zion Williamson is a comparison. So trying to encapsulate the athleticism Strong. in a body that is the exact opposite of what Zion Williamson is. So did you have another mock draft for us today? 
Well, yeah, I've got a couple, actually. So okay, uh, we'll get yeah. to these real quick because the mock draft from Kevin O'Connor is similar. It's Amin Thompson at Forge, Jareek Whitehead uh, at the bottom of the draft. And and the top three, by the way, are, are the same for both of these mock drafts as well. Victor Webinyama, Scoot Henderson, still not moving off of that two slot. There's there's The chatter is starting to happen with Brandon Miller. I think if he has a hot Final Four, that, that chatter – uh, will only grow, but right now Brandon Miller still slotted at three, and, and that really seems to be solidifying. There, it, there seemed to be Brandon Miller at four, and now he's risen to three. Um, there, there's some similarities happening across these mock drafts. So that's what's happening at the ringer. And then uh, I've got one from Bleacher Report. Now here is a slight difference. We've got uh, at four, uh, Amin Thompson going to the Hornets again. Uh, and then Jairus Walker going to the Magic at five right after that. So that's interesting. Jairus Walker, I think, starting to climb up draft boards a little bit as well. But if we scroll down here to the 28th pick via the Nuggets, the Charlotte Hornets are selecting Noah Clowney, the power forward from Alabama. So we'll get a chance to look at him. There, that, that team is still in the tournament. Um, he's getting overshadowed a little bit about uh, by Brandon Miller. But what do you think about the power forward out of Alabama, Noah Clowney? Yeah, don't know much about him right now because we have not, I've not divin, uh, dove in all of the research for some of the later picks in the first round. Right now, I'm focusing on some of the top 10 guys a little bit more so in the tournament. But you're right, he has been overshadowed because Brandon Miller, that's what's funny, right? Like this team is number one overall. And even in a year where there's, all of, there's so much parity, we all kind of gravitated more towards Alabama. They did get the number one overall seed as a team. They've looked the best out of all the number one seeds. Houston has struggled in both games and then separated in the second half. And then you go to Kansas got dropped by Arkansas with NBA talent on the roster. We all know what happened with Purdue. Here's Alabama moving on to the first, moving on to the second defensively locking up a pretty good Maryland team. So yeah, I mean, as far as Clowney coming from a program that performed really well this year, that is something that entices me if you can't get Brandon Miller. Uh, yeah, let me give you some stats here real quick. So he's a 6'10 power forward. Wingspan, uh, I think some early indications of the wingspan are 7'2". So my guy's got Not some bad. long arms. There's no question about the hustle. Uh, hard-nosed rebounder, hard-nosed defender. He's only averaging... Uh, one block per game, uh, but uh, I, I don't think that's really his particular role on that Bama team. Uh, but the pluses from the ringer are positional versatility, hustle, on-ball defense, interior scoring, shades of Wendell Carter, who is really, by the way, Wendell Carter really coming to his own, coming into his own in the NBA right now, and then Nas Reed. So uh, Ringer has him at 18. So there, I think there's a little bit of trying to figure out where he's going to settle into the draft. But I think if Noah Clowney falls to you, and hey, maybe you could even pair him with Brandon Miller. Wouldn't that be something? A couple of, couple of Bama guys heading to Charlotte. Uh, that would be interesting. So uh, I've got one more mock draft, but I know we got to get to a break. And this is, I'll tell you, do a little tease here. This okay. is one of the more interesting mock drafts I've seen so far in my in my draft scouting. I mean, this one's explosive. I'll tell you that. Oh, okay, that that's a hell of a tease. No need to go any further on that. Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. Explosive mock draft coming up. Okay, yeah, explosive mock draft, <laughs> explosive sound bites, interrupting me. Very, very good. This episode is brought to you by Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NBA GM and managing your basketball franchise, your first one, your second one, 
virtual reality, whatever, your dream can come true. And this game is absolutely for you. You can manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season and lead your team to glory. And you're responsible for everything from hiring the right coaches, the right assistants, trading and training players, making those draft picks, and then navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft all the ups and downs that come with it. Locked on Hornets listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code locked on in the game store as well. So make sure to check it out to download the game. Just visit probasketballgm.com, scan the code or look it up on the app stores. That's probasketballgm.com, ultimate basketball GM, start your dynasty today. Explosive mock draft coming up next, Locked on Hornets. This is Locked on Hornets. I'm a fantastic Googler. I'm bad at logging in. If they were to do sort of a scouting report of of me and my ability to use the internet. Todd, 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 Todd. Yeah. I, Excellent Googler. Not a very good guy that's logging in. Very yeah. good at interrupting the host anytime he's trying to go on a rant. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. All right, Doug, you teased us. What do you got for us, man? Two mock drafts that we've already talked about. Noah Clowney, somebody a little different from Alabama. I haven't talked a ton about the Thompson Twins. Maybe we focus on them a little bit more in this next segment. But what does this mock draft have for us? Uh, Before I get to that mock draft, I was just looking at Noah Clowney's performance in the tournament so far. So first game, uh, he scored 10 points, uh, only took four shots in nine minutes. That's interesting. I wonder if there was an injury situation. I mean, they got up big pretty early. Uh, but then second game, 31 minutes for Noah Clowney, okay? This is a blowout victory against uh, Maryland. And one of five from the field, only five points. Get, did get nine rebounds, got an assist, got a steal. Uh, all, only two personal fouls. 0 of three from three, which, by the way, Clowney uh, can definitely shoot the three. Uh, but that's interesting. Another player. Uh, how did Maryland win this game? <laughs> <laughs> so or Alabama. Well, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. How did Alabama win this game against Maryland? Uh when both well, I think Clowney had this poor performance in terms of points scored and, and shooting from the field. And Brandon Miller scored nineteen points, but it was extremely inefficient. Man, they just they I guess everybody else had it going because Well two of defensively the best Alabama can you know, they're very good. They they were not one of the best d- defensive teams as far as like top five or anything like that. They were more so that on offense, but still one of the few teams in college basketball, if you look at Ken Palm and the advanced stats, had them still very good offensively and defensively, and that's how they were able to beat Maryland. Are you ready for this mock draft? So ready, especially after the tees, absolutely. This is Jonathan Gavoni, ESPN, if you don't know. Jonathan Gavoni's 2024 NBA mock draft. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> We're talking. So it's not t- explosive. It's just it the wrong year. <laughs> no, it's the right year, baby. He's okay. got the Charlotte. Now they project out the draft order, and and Jonathan Gavoni does not have much faith in the Charlotte Hornets to turn this thing around in one year. He's got the Hornets projected as the second worst team in the NBA, only in front of the San Antonio Spurs. So they're picking two overall, and they're selecting. Cody Williams from Colorado. Well, not really from Colorado. He hasn't played there yet. (laughs) He hasn't played a single minute of college basketball because, of course, all these top prospects now are freshmen or from G League Ignite or whatever. So, yeah, 18.2 years old. I don't know if that's how old he is right now or how old he will be when he's drafted. 
But Cody Williams, the guard prospect out of Colorado. What do you think about Cody Williams? Yeah, what do you know yeah, about I'll Cody Williams? You, no, I'll let you go first on this one, Doug. Please, after you, I will, uh, I'll let you give all the analysis on Cody Williams in 2024. Well, <laughs> I, I, I'll just say it's, it's interesting. Yeah, Colorado. I mean, getting the big-time prospect, the big-time small forward prospect. 6'8", 175 pounds, five-star recruit going to Colorado scout grade 93 on ESPN. Okay. He's sixth overall on ESPN's 100 prospects. So there you go. Cody Williams. Now the Cody Williams is maybe will be a big name by the time we get around to talking about this next year, but the, you know, the big name from the 2024 NBA mock draft, right? Well, I know one. And if the Hornets were to slip a little bit in this mock draft, maybe he would be the guy to go there. That is one son of LeBron James, Mr. Bronny James. That's correct. Uncommitted so far. Still don't know where he's going to college. It looks like it's going to be somewhere out west. Uh, USC seems to be the leader in the clubhouse. But Bronny James, we still don't know where he's going to college, but we uh, know that he will end up in the NBA. And we think we know that maybe whatever team he ends up with could also feature LeBron James, who is definitely keeping his options open. And right now, this mock draft has Bronny James going 10th overall. I mean, just just well well done by by Pops, man. He is just really – like, I'm sure Bronny James is going to be a great player. I'm not sure about that. But, I mean, you know, (laughs) at least he's got a good shot at it, right? But – you know, I think this all of this talk can only help his draft prospects at this point. And yeah, tenth overall to the Orlando Magic. But if the Hornets slip, you're right. So they, it's going to be it's going to be weird to see teams potentially wanting to trade back. Is is this the year where number seven is actually more valuable than number one? Because number seven eight might get you the real value with Bronny, and then also LeBron James. And so that would be hilarious. At what point? in 2024 would you consider trading back to try to get Bronny James and then also acquire LeBron James so that's a conversation um for a year from now there's gonna be so (laughs) much smoke I mean there's gonna be it's gonna be crazy look there's gonna be talk of Bronny James going three overall there's gonna be talk of Bronny James going 15th I mean, he is just going to mess up all of the draft projections. It's going to be well, depending on the aging process of LeBron, which it could happen at any moment, but it hasn't really yet. We we see him aging a little, but he's Mm -hmm. still an all NBA worthy player. So as long as that's the case, people will be throwing out the idea. NBA today will be throwing out the idea. Should Bronny James be the number one overall pick? For you to also select LeBron James or acquire LeBron James. So maybe again, that's a conversation we'll be diving into a little bit more a year from now. But how about right now? We'll ask the same question, Doug. At what point are you really considering trading back or trading the player, the, the selection that you have for a veteran at this point in the NBA draft? What what time are you really starting to think about that? Well, we know this Hornets organization. The front office led by Mitch Kupchak, they are not afraid to trade back in the first round. They did it last They did it last draft, much to our dismay, trading the opportunity to select Jalen Duran 
They did the first draft they were a part of. Mitch Kupchak, uh, the the right. infamous uh, temper tantrum inspection center when they traded SGA away. Yes. Well, that was your temper. Yeah. The, yes. Last year was my temper tantrum. That year was your temper tantrum. Well, last uh, year we just we just all sulked. Last year we did a podcast together in a dark room and had a really sad podcast. And so, yeah. But yes, you're right. Well, but, but I think I think it's pertinent because the, the justification for doing that in part was they didn't want to pay a bunch of prospects when they have they had a ton of prospects that they wanted to take a look at. They had James Book Knight, they had Kai Jones, they had you know uh, to the, well then they they added Bryce McGowan's, they added Mark Williams, and so there was a bit of a backlog and they didn't want to add to that backlog. And I don't know what's changed. I mean, they're committed to James Book Knight uh, contractually. They're still looking at Kai Jones, um, and that now they've committed to Bryce McGowan's, and, and so the backlog hasn't gotten any less loggy. Um, so, you know, I think, yeah, if they do drop into the five, six, seven, because look, at one, I'm hanging up the phone. You're not talking to me at one. At the second pick, I'm still hanging up the phone. The third pick, I'm letting the phone ring a couple of times, but then I'm sending it to voicemail. At four, okay, I mean, if the package were big enough, because I think that's it shows the depth of this draft that at four, you know, I think you can still really like Amen or Asar. You know, these are star level players that would probably be a one or two pick in, in weaker drafts. So I think you do start to have those conversations at four. But yeah, if they drop down to five or six, I think you definitely have to entertain one of two things. One, bring in a veteran who can actually help you make the playoffs next season because that's, look, they, they want to compete. LaMelo wants to compete for a play <laughs> to get into the playoffs for once. So the, the urgency is there. You bring in a veteran or, I mean, I'm not even I'm not even messing around. Like, if you get an opportunity to get an extra pick from a Magic team or a Blazers team or a Pelicans team or a Pacers team, some of these people that are always hanging around the late lottery, why not acquire one for next season, an extra pick, and have an, another shot at Bronny James? I'm not even kidding. So, so I mean, yes, it would it would be for Bronny because that draft also is considered an extremely weak one, right? Poopy. Sometimes that doesn't come true. Like, I always feel weird about talking about how strong a draft class is. <clears throat> it does look like this draft class, though, really is strong, right? Like, we, we'd kind of known about this particular one coming up for a long time. And so it seems to be holding true. Wimby is awesome. Scoot's awesome. Now you even have somebody like Brandon Miller shooting up draft boards. I wonder where we would be talking about the Thompson Twins, Keontae, Jarris Walker, Nick Smith, Anthony Black. I mean, that's the crazy part, right? It's deep because Nick Smith was once upon a time the third overall selection. Cam Whitmore, same thing, but injuries just kind of settled in. So this is a a deep draft, even if it's tough to try to measure it all within this class itself. So where does Cam Whitmore project compared to next year's draft class? And this is exactly what Richard Stein talked about last year with us. He was the only one, Doug, that actually liked the move Mitch Kupchak made. I mean, just outright liked it when we all were sulking. He liked it because you got an extra pick in this draft class. And he had been touting this one as one of the best we've seen in quite some time. And so to have multiple in this class, maybe he didn't expect the Denver Nuggets to be as good as they were. So I'd I like did. to see a little hot. Well, yes, as an NBA contender, we, we knew about the Denver Nuggets being good. You quite literally traded this pick last year for a worse one that was always going to happen well it was top 16 protected it wasn't going to get like there was no way i think people need to understand this when they traded that pick 
there was literally no way for that pick to become better than the yes. pick that they traded. Yes, but, right, just speaking from his <laughs> standpoint, no, I'm with you, but what okay. he was saying was that at least you get something possibly at, what, 22, whatever he thought, I don't know, and then 22 this year is actually better than 13 last year and could be better than 13 next year. And so that was the thinking, but you're right. Like that, that was what we were discussing. And so this is a draft class for me where even if you miss out on the top two, three guys, you know, it's, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt a lot, but the reality is you could still be getting a very, very good player more so than in other draft classes. And and I hear that. I, I think that the argument to actually make a pick in this particular draft is strong. Uh, and so maybe if there were, yeah, if there were an opportunity to move back, I don't think you can give up a lottery pick entirely for whatever package, unless it was just, you know, immense. The the player that you got in return, if it were a, a player that was souring on his organization and was like an all-star, all-NBA-level player, and there was some way to kind of maneuver that player into Charlotte because – you know, we know that it's going to be difficult to acquire that level of talent, veteran talent in the NBA, without some kind of leverage on the Hornets' part. And the Hornets having a top pick would be extreme leverage, or at least a four through a seven pick and a strong draft would be some strong leverage for the Hornets. So, you know, but at the same time, I understand the argument that, hey, this is a strong draft. You're building for the future. Why not take a shot here? And then if you end up at the bottom of the league next season, you know, then you can entertain moving the pig. So I get it. Um, and I, I think the other interesting piece of this is that you're talking about a front office that is possible that will make this pick. There's possibly a lame duck front office because if Michael Jordan sells the team, I think you and I both expect the front office to be uh, pretty much reevaluated top to bottom. And then, so you've got a situation where a front office is going to bring in a player, but the there will be a new front office that would have to manage that player's career into the future, which I don't think would be a problem if you got somebody with the talent level of a of a Victor Webinyama or a Scoot Henderson or a Brandon Miller, but I think could uh, be a difference marginally if we're talking about a four or five or six pick. Yeah, and, and let's continue that conversation coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. We can hit on that a little bit more. The fact that this could be a lame duck pick, but also Cody Martin spoke with Rod Boone every once in a while. We'll talk about Cody Martin every once in a while. He'll play, but it has not been a good season for a guy that just signed an $8 million a year contract. We'll get to that conversation in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The tournament is heating up and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers right now get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure, it's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your first bet for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. One more segment to go. Locked on Hornets. This is Locked on Hornets. To start this off, we all know about LeBron and how he built a school and it got a lot of fanfare. 
by the time 2019 closes, Bismack Biombo is planning to have six. Schools. Take that, LeBron. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. I was thinking about Mitch Kupchak. If he's gone, we can do the whole what was his tenure like episode maybe at some point later on. But, you know, that could be on the horizon here, Doug, especially if this franchise is exchanges hands quickly. But as we discussed, kind of the lame duck pick and lame duck in the sense that it might not the, the player might not be here long term if the owner comes in and then. Gabe Plotkin and Rich Snob, they hire somebody else differently, like whatever GM that they are going to go after. And then that GM doesn't like the player. Maybe he gets traded or whatever. Now, the the way to beat that is for Mitch Kupchak to just make an outright good selection, right? Like if you if you make your Jalen Williams pick or your Ben Matherin pick, just trying to think of guys that weren't top two that did pan out immediately this season then, okay, any GM is going to come in and recognize that as a foundational player. All right, we're not going to move that for anything less than an amazing, you know, godfather offer, you know, or something like that. So that's the way to beat it. And so I wonder just with with this pick, each one gets more important for Mitch Kupchak. For the future of the franchise, maybe it doesn't get more important for Mitch Kupchak because he might be on the way out. But for the franchise, for this specific, specific player, I wonder how important it is on the hierarchy of all the selections that Mitch Kupchak has made. And, you know, a last chance for him to make his – not a last chance, but one of the last chances. We're talking talking like it's guaranteed here. None of this is guaranteed. But it could be one of the last chances for Mitch Kupchak to make his mark, not only on the Charlotte Hornets, but the NBA as a general manager. Um, So I think there is a a lot of pressure uh, on on this pick in particular and what they do in this draft – I just hope they don't get too cute. I felt like last season they got too cute with the first round. Just make your picks. There were, I think there were some interesting prospects around where they were picking. Even, you know, I know yeah. I was heavily biased towards Jalen Duran, but there were a couple of prospects around that 11 pick that they could have made uh, that, that I thought could have made a difference long term. Um, but instead, you know, we're talking about – they gave us the opportunity to talk about Dariq Whitehead and and City Cisco and all these folks. Um I would encourage you, I don't want to go back to the 2024 mock draft again, but I did do some cursory examination of who they're projecting at the number one pick. You heard of this guy? I don't, I'm, I'm going to butcher the name, uh, Matas Buzelis. No, not heard of him. You never heard of this guy? Go, go look at some videos, man. I mean, kid, kid can ball. Uh, right now projected as a guard prospect, going to the G League Ignite, is a shoeing college. So once again... That top pick, uh, or or at least one of the top two picks, same as Scoot Henderson, not got a ton of offers from a lot of the AAA schools, not going uh, to college, going to the G League Ignite. Uh, but he's he's got some fun mixtapes out there, man. You should check it out. My, my, my brain can only take so much with the N- NFL mock drafts that I'm also examining into like the third and fourth rounds. And then... Also, this mock drafts or these mock drafts with the NBA and then going into next year, you're trying to put 2024 Matis, whatever the last name is that I don't Uzelis. know. Like, <laughs> check him out. If he's in play for the number one overall selection for the Panthers to be the quarterback, then I'll definitely check him out um, or possibly with Charlotte Hornets, too, in 2023. Let's get to Cody Martin conversation, Doug, because he spoke with Rod Boone of the Charlotte Observer. And really, all the, the the conversation basically surrounding is is how frustrated he is, right? He said, quote, yeah, it's frustrating. Feels like you're just watching it on TV and are kind of just there. 
And the only thing I can really do is provide my support verbally and emotionally, whatever the team needs, and just kind of be in that leadership role and say what I need to say. I'm still going to be there as their teammate and support them and say things that I feel like I would need to say, even if I was playing. So just kind of a sad situation with Cody Martin, what happened this year. We all thought it was a pretty fair deal, right? Just three years, $8 million a season gets hurt a minute and a half, maybe not even that long into the first game that he plays and just can't give it a go really the rest of the way. I think what he came back for like three contests. I think that's right. It wasn't much when he did come back. Doug, what do you make of Cody Martin's lost season and just how that might affect next year? Well, it's just one more player uh, that is sort of sitting in this mystery zone of, you know, what could have been this season. And I, I think it's a big part uh, of why this organization really views this season as a loss season in, in the sense that, like, we're really not even going to pay attention to how bad this season got. Um, and, and and I think that they're going to have some leniency on particular player performances over the course of this season, knowing that they were missing so many pieces. And it really feels like this that, that the, the franchise feels like, okay, we can go into next season with the idea that we we actually did the right thing last off season <laughs> by doing nothing by by signing Cody and and if we had been able to retain Miles Bridges this season would have gone a lot differently so we're we're going to just steady as she goes keep it going we you know we the the Mark Williams thing seems to be working out in our favor so now we just push on ahead and, and I think, you know, uh, Cody not having played is just going to give them a sense that, hey, next season, you know, all those injuries that we sustained, well, we're going to have a lot more depth because, you know, Bryce McGowan's has started to get a lot more time. They probably view it as a positive because you've gotten some of these wing players into the rotation that maybe you would not have had a chance to see had Cody Martin played. Yeah, I wonder how much that affects Bryce McGowan's next year if Cody Martin's fully healthy. So if you talk about having LaMelo Ball in the backcourt, you bring back Cody Martin – and you bring back Dennis Smith Jr., right? So that would be something pretty interesting, too. With all the backcourt yeah. players, let's not even forget if Kelly Oubre does get the contract, just how much that might eat into Bryce McGowan's because Kelly can play some two at times. I wonder if you have one of these JT Thor setbacks where you see some stuff you like and then the second season happens and you do not get that escalator growth that you want from all the players. Even if we're always there to point out players don't get better on an escalator. Sometimes it is a weird little scatter plot to see them get to the top, but with Bryce McGowan, well, it's hard to play basketball on an escalator, you know, I mean, dribbling difficult, not a lot of, not a lot it's of space really to dribble. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, where do you, where do you even put the hoop on an escalator? Like, how does that even work? Do you have to wait? You have to get back on the escalator. Does it sit at the top and you have to wait to get back on the escalator to actually get close enough to the rim? I mean, if you got long arms, you got a long wingspan, then yeah, I think playing on an escalator might be, a little bit easier, but tough for everyone else. The game is really short because as soon as it, you basically just put it at the top and then as soon as he gets to the bottom, the game is over. So it's like a five second game. Uh, in all seriousness, on the Cody Martin front, <laughs> there's a big question. And the question is, do you get the same Cody Martin as you expected to get this season when you signed him to the contract? Do you get that same Cody Martin next season? Because this is something missing this much time is something that Cody Martin has not been accustomed to. And and I think there will be some serious questions about how much he can trust his body moving forward, if he's going to be the same player or if he plays a little bit more carefully or if he's worried about the injury. 
Because you have to remember that the reason they signed Cody Martin to this contract is because he played so well the previous season. He he became a much better shooter. He was well, there. Yeah. He was a reliable wing defender for them. He was coming into this season with a lot of momentum, and all of that momentum has suddenly stopped. And so is he the same player or does he get, I mean, ideally you would want him not even to be the same player, but get better. You signed him because you felt like he was on an upward trajectory, but is that all of a sudden going to be stunted by this injury? Yeah. Well, and, and even so the last thing I'll say about it is the shooting it. Cody Martin is a natural defender. We, we saw him. That was his, that was his strength in college. He was the defensive player of the year in the conference at Nevada. You see him here. That's what we talk about on the perimeter. He is a very good cutter, right? He can slash. He got better as a basketball player offensively, where I think he was scared his his first year seeing time, and then he got a lot better in that regard. What he is not natural at is shooting the basketball. He finally got to a point where he improved quite a bit, 38% just last season from three. But if you are not a natural shooter and then you don't play at all, I don't even know how many shots he's able to get up this season going through rehab, especially in the way that you might shoot during a game. And since you are missing out on those types of reps, how much does that bring your shooting down? And just how much did the shooting contribute to the next contract that he got? So that's something that's concerning. Hopefully it comes back to him. And if you're concerned as a Hornets fan, I'll just say this. There are a lot of great small forward prospects in the 2025 draft. I've got an NBA mock draft here from NBA Draft Room. I mean, Ian Jackson, number two overall, small forward out of North Carolina. Just one pick below him, Nasir Cunningham, small forward, overtime elite, 2025. Going to be a big year for small forwards. Yeah, 100%. A couple (laughs) years from now, we'll be there to cover it all. Thanks for making us your first listen in 2023, 2024, and 2025. Make your second listen game-to-game NBA every moment every top performance every result locked on game to game covers every contest from across the league with local analysis that only locked on can deliver follow game to game on locked on nba available on the odyssey app youtube and wherever you get your podcast have a great rest of your day we'll be back with you tomorrow 